0: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Triggered. It's Thursday, April 20th, also known as 420 for you stoners. And thanks for joining, I really appreciate you guys. Just in a few moments, we're gonna sit down with former Trump DOJ official and the executive director of Fight for Schools, Ian Pryor. Uh, This is a huge one for me. Uh, As a parent of five young children, Uh, Ian's literally one of the most important America first voices in education, has been at the epicenter of standing up against left wing indoctrination at our schools. Whether that's the insanity that they're jamming down their throats with the woke uh, ESG, DEI, you know, BLM nonsense, or the overall lack of basic education, stuff like math and reading, you know, All that stuff that they're too focused on, the woke stuff where you can't do that. But to the other stuff that's actually much more serious, the cover-ups of some of the sexual assaults that have happened because we're allowing biological men to share locker rooms with women or allowing biological men to compete against women's sports. Ian's one of the guys that's on the forefront of the fight against that nonsense. He lives in Loudoun County, Virginia, the bluest of the blue, where a lot of this insanity comes from, and you don't just have to sit back and take it, right? Being the leader of the charge may not be for everyone, but you can learn what you can do, where you can see the hidden agenda that's just been so subversive, uh, where they're putting it in these school boards, how you can help other people run for those same boards so that we can save our children, whether it's their minds or their innocence, from the craziness of the radical left today. So, this is going to be an important one for anyone uh, that is a parent, uh, for anyone that plans on having children, for anyone that wants to preserve everything that the next generation is going to bring our country, because that stuff, guys, is on the table. It is at risk, and they're doing whatever they can to destroy it. But before we do that, I want to give you a rundown of some of the top headlines of the week. Donald Trump is getting endorsement after endorsement. This week, so many people from Florida itself came out. Fighters like today, Michael Waltz uh, announced his endorsement of Donald Trump. Earlier this week, Congressman Greg Stubbe and John Rutherford and Brian Amast also made it clear that they're all in for Donald Trump in 2024, that Trump is the only guy to be able to do it. And that's, guys, in addition to the America first fighters from Florida who've already endorsed Donald Trump, like Matt Gates, Anna Paulina Luna, Byron Donald, and Corey Mills. So that's going well, and we want it to go well, because we need to do this soon. What we don't want is infighting that's gonna go on for months and years, depleting all the resources, right? You know what I'm talking about, and you know the billionaire donors that are gonna be supporting them. We need to make sure we have that money to take on the radical Biden administration. We need to be able to take on their dozens of billionaire donors, the Soros's of the world who are gonna keep their ballot harvesting operation. We need to make sure we're playing that game. So these members of Congress get it. They know what we know, that Donald Trump's the only America First candidate and he's fully committed to standing up for the forgotten men and women of this country. He's not the swamp. He's not controlled by the opposition that's taking advice from people like Paul Ryan and Karl Rove and the lunatics out there. He's the guy that can fight and get this. Congressman Lance Gooden, who, by the way, you should check out his Twitter feed because it's one of the more lit congressional Twitter accounts out there from Texas, also announced his Trump endorsement right after he had a meeting with Ron DeSantis. He literally said, I quote, I met with Governor DeSantis and while he's done commendable work in Florida, there's no doubt in my mind that President Trump is the only leader who can save America from the leftist onslaught we're currently facing. It seems like the only people who are really behind DeSantis at this point are the ones who haven't been around him all that much because these lawmakers know that Donald Trump is the only one who can actually fix the mess, who isn't beholden to the people who have created these messes. And sadly, the economic warning signs, guys, are only getting worse. Think about this. Nearly 7 in 10 Americans now have a negative view of the economy. In a new poll, a whopping 69% of Americans view the economy negatively, according to a poll from CNBC. That's the highest level it's ever been in the poll's 17 year history, right? So that's including the disaster of 08. Like it's worse than that. And by the way, if you look at the stats, it probably is. Two thirds of those surveyed said their wages are falling behind the level of inflation. Now, our media, big tech, no one's really talking about it. You can't because they're the marketing arm of the Biden administration who has nothing going for it. So they'll just, they just won't talk about it. And that's not all because probably not exactly uh, the most conservative guy in the world. But uh, CEO of Bank of America, Brian Moynihan, said this week that everything, everything points to a recession this year. Remember guys, we have inflation out the wazoo. We have reckless spending. See Ukraine. We have interest rate hikes, growing fears around the housing market, layoffs at major companies like Amazon, Facebook, Goldman Sachs and more. It's a brutal economic storm. Okay? And it's not stopping there, right? Banks aren't lending to car dealerships anymore. There's a credit crunch. People are pulling their money out of banks and when they're doing that, that stops the banks from being able to leverage that money in the economy. Either way, that's scary and it spells a disaster. And by the way, guys, it's tax week. So I hope that you all paid your taxes so we can keep supporting and creating the next billionaire oligarch class in the Ukraine. Vladimir Zelensky is depending on your money, folks, so make sure we get it, because we need to protect their borders. We can't protect our own. Why would we do that? We can let drugs and fentanyl and human traffickers and sex traffickers come across our borders with reckless abandon. We can't finish that wall for $3 billion, but we're in for 130, and the first Patriot missiles just got there this week. So you know there's a lot more than the 130 billion going to Ukraine, so make sure, guys. As everything gets tighter, as it costs you more at the pump and in the grocery stores, and as your mortgages reset and you can't get new financing because the banks have restricted, remember that your hard-earned dollars are going to help Ukraine. Remember when Biden said he's going to be paying and making sure that we take care of their pensions. Your pensions? Screw you! You're Americans. It's your money. We can use it for whatever we want, but it's not going to be for you, folks. You think it's getting worse? Guess what? Ford announced this week that its new Lincoln Nautilus will be imported from China. From China. Ford Motor Company now is importing cars from China, making it the first time Lincoln will import a vehicle from China. Currently, they're making it in Canada. I mean, they're lunatics these days as well, certainly politically. And yet, Now, they're turning to an American adversary to make our vehicles. What could go wrong? Now, ideally, they'd be making the vehicle in America, and China is pretty much the worst possible option as an alternative. But again, guys, all the warning signs are starting to point us in the right direction of disaster. It's why I talk so much about wanting you prepared. It's why I'm psyched that companies like Gold Co. Uh, are advertising with a show like this because the importance of diversifying cannot be underscored enough right now. Again, look at the signs. Check out like my Twitter feed or truth feed where I'll talk about the economists that are talking about how bad it is, the few guys that actually have the guts to actually call out what's going on. Because remember, you know the banks, the other reason you better pay your taxes this week you know, the banks are going to cover their gambling debts with your hard-earned money. You know they're going to get the bailout. Now, you, you're, you're, you're on your own again. There's a consistent theme here, folks, but that's why you want to make sure you're diversified. You're not going to play around with the lunatics that are in charge. You're not going to let that volatility and the runs on the banks and the banks that have collapsed in the last, last month. So, you know, go check out DonJuniorGold.com just to learn a little bit more about it. Uh, I'll put the link... Uh, down in the the bottom uh, of the show that you can go check it out for yourself, but just learn. At least that way, you've seen both sides of the story. You can check it out for yourself, make your own decisions. But man, it feels like we're in a scary place. And the Biden White House has no clue how to manage it. The economy is going to hell and they have no idea what they're doing. And anyone who's been watching for the last few years knows that. Frankly, a lot of the re- establishment Republicans don't either. It was under Donald Trump that we saw strong wage growth, real wage growth, for like the first time perhaps in our lifetimes. You had energy independence, they blew that for like their cult of environmental whatever, and meanwhile then we're getting uh, much dirtier oil from Venezuela and Iran, the world's leading state sponsor of terror. Minor details, folks, but screw our energy independence. Middle-class tax relief, we had that under Trump, and low inflation. All gone. America first, folks, is the only way out of this disaster. But rather than be honest about any of it, the unhinged left-wing media doubles down on their smear tactics. For example, on The View, guest host and actress Patti Lapone compared the Christian right... To the Taliban, to the Taliban, folks, watch for yourselves. But I have
1: said this before, and it's been in print. I don't know what the difference between our Christian right and the Taliban is. I have no idea what the difference is. You're not the only person who's said that. Mm. I don't, I I, I just Mm. don't know what the difference is. What's happening in this country right now in the name of religion is so dangerous. And it's not this country. It's not America as far as... And you know when I was growing up I didn't know America was an experiment. They never said America was an experiment when we were growing up. It was a democracy. And now it's in, you know, such danger. It's so upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. It's so upsetting. And it's upsetting to hear the loudest voices and not any kind of pushback to the loudest voices that are the extremity in this country. Well, that's There's... why we need people like you, Let's speak <laughs> I'm on the other side!
0: <laughs> that's why we need people like you. Let's face it, folks, I don't know that anyone has really gone to The View for, like, an intelligent take in probably the entire existence of the show. If you want to actually watch something fun, go back and search uh, when Kimberly and I went on The View, when I did my Triggered book tour, It was sort of epic. It was their 5,000th episode. They had me on there to talk about my book. And of course, they didn't ask me any questions about my book. But I came prepared, and the idiots at The View were not quite ready for it. So if you want some entertaining stuff to watch over the weekend, go check that out. But but seriously, in America, in 2023, comparing Christians, like generally Christians, like probably what, 60% of the country, who were, by the way, just gunned down by the trans radical lunatic in Nashville last weekend, right? Notice, they're not gonna say anything about what's going on in America with that radical agenda. They won't even call them the terrorists that they are. They won't call them the most privileged class in the country, because if you're trans, you can just do whatever you want. There's a different set of rules for everyone else. If you're trans, what difference does it make? Oh, you, you have Total privilege, total authority to do whatever you want, and no one can say anything. But these same clowns at The View didn't say anything about the trans radicals who seem to be doing a lot of killing these days. But they can compare Christians to the Taliban. Taliban, who actually threw, like, gay people off of buildings and has a zero tolerance for any of the stuff uh, that the left uh, is so into. Uh, Hard to believe. It's hard to believe. But again, it's why no one should get their news from The View. It's why basically people like myself have fun dunking on every take that they have because it's so freaking stupid. Again, you want to see how stupid they are? Just go back and watch the episode I did when I went on The View because we actually want to get in the mix. We actually are capable of having that dialogue and debating those ideas. They... Not so much. So you can have Hollywood idiots like Patty Lapone call good, God-fearing Christian Americans uh, indistinguishable from the Taliban. But it's also, guys, why this episode is so important to me because this is the extreme left-wing lunacy that's infecting our media, and more importantly, it's infecting our schools. I mean, that's the real pandemic. This shit is going into our schools. They're manipulating our children, the most impressionable people in the world. They're not actually teaching them math. There's entire schools in a lot of these Democrat districts that the entire graduating class are not proficient in reading or math. But that doesn't matter. We were able to make sure that they knew there were 9,476 genders, and that's gonna be all the education they need. They're gonna make a great living doing that. No, they won't. They're gonna get put on a government program and be Democrat voters for life. They're going to mutilate their bodies permanently, and when they come back, there'll be no consequence to the doctors or the teachers, rainbow-haired freaks that pushed it on those kids. No, no, no. It was the new thing. It was so cool. We need to lay out a plan to stop it, and Ian Pryor, our guest who will be on here in a few minutes, uh, can tell us all about that, because again, we need to be in this fight. If we don't win that fight, folks, there's There's no actual hope. So watch and learn how you can participate, whether it's at the highest level and running for school boards and actually being vocal, we must become unafraid and protect our kids. But before we get there, our last story. An IRS whistleblower tells Congress that Hunter Biden's probe is being mishandled. I am shocked, folks. I am shocked that the DOJ, and that the government officials investigating the corrupt, crackhead, whoremongering son of the Commander-in-Chief of the United States, I'm shocked to hear that he's getting special treatment. I wonder why. I mean, when you look at all the smoke, when you look at all the things he's done, and you say, imagine it was Donald Trump Jr. I'd have been in jail already, and yet, Nothing's happening. So an IRS whistleblower wrote a letter to Congress saying that he wants to come forward to reveal a cover-up in the tax evasion probe into Hunter Biden. According to his attorney, the unnamed whistleblower is a career IRS criminal supervisory special agent who has been overseeing the ongoing and sensitive investigation of a high profile controversial subject since early 2020. The whistleblower reportedly wants to expose preferential treatment and false testimony to Congress by a senior political appointee. Now, that one's interesting. Having done about 50 hours of congressional uh, testimony, where they were looking to throw me into jail for anything, where they could ask you the same question 17,000 times, hoping that maybe you change your mind or say something a little bit different that they get you for perjury. This one's gonna be interesting because we've been talking how we don't have equal justice under our laws, and this will probably be yet another proof of that. This will be the only whistleblower that Democrats don't love. Remember, they love, they love their whistleblowers. When it's against conservatives, when it's against Trump, I have a feeling This whistleblower won't be given that same treatment. So let's watch this one closely, but let's make sure we call it out and let's make sure we also hold Republicans accountable, okay, so that they see that we expect them to act, that we expect them to be treated the way we've been treated, because that's not what's been happening right now, folks. Let's get to Ian Pryor, and I also want to quickly thank our advertisers, and I think you're going to really like this one. Thanks a lot, guys. Welcome to another episode of Triggered, and we have a really outstanding guest for today. Ian Pryor is joining us. Ian's a former Trump DOJ official. He lives in Loudoun County, Virginia, the heart of the lunatic left and the fight against our childrens and the radicalization of our kids in schools, and he helped lead that fight against the leftists. He's the author of Parents of the World Unite, How to Save Our Schools from the Left's Radical Agenda. He's also the executive director of Fight for Schools and is just someone who's on the forefront of that issue and combating the leftists and their indoctrination and the attempted takeover of our children. You're going to really like this one, but first I want to thank our sponsors who make the show possible. Like I keep saying, guys, You don't have to choose between what you believe and what you want to buy. It's why I'm excited about a brand new sponsor, Blackout Coffee. You're probably going to drink coffee, (laughs) just like you're going to have a cell phone and you can support Patriot Mobile or those who are trying to cancel you. And if you do, support a brand that aligns with your conservative values. It's American-made, it's family-owned, and they support our values. From sourcing the beans to roasting and the processed that that entails, not exactly easy, and to the customer support and shipping, Blackout Coffee will never compromise on taste or quality. And they do it all while supporting freedom-loving values. Go to blackoutcoffee.com slash jr for 20% off your first order. Check them out. I think you'll like it. I know I've been drinking it now for a couple weeks as I was checking it out for this show, and it's been great. That's blackoutcoffee.com slash jr. And guys, I'll keep saying it, support the companies who support you. So support Blackout Coffee. And I also wanna make sure that you support Goldco. Gold and silver can protect from your retirement savings from inflation and dollar devaluation. You see the world, you see the warning signs, you see the banks collapsing. It's literally happening before your very eyes. When you see the storm brewing, do something about it. Be prepared. So owning tangible, physical, and inflation-hedging gold and silver can help diversify your portfolio and protect you from the lunatics that are making the decisions today. Gold Co. has helped thousands of Americans diversify and protect their retirement savings. So support the companies who support you instead of supporting woke companies that hate your guts. Go to DonjuniorGold.com to learn more. That's D-O-N-J-R-Gold.com. Learn more. Uh, I think you'll like it. I think it can help you hedge against the insanity that we're seeing. And now we're gonna sit down with Ian Pryor. Guys, you're gonna like this one. In studio today, we have Ian Pryor. Ian is a former DOJ official. Uh, he lives uh, in the heart of <laughs> woke, uh, woke Inc. Uh, Loudoun County, Virginia, right outside of DC. That's where uh, I'd say, the, the cause of the vast majority of America's political problems stem from, as well as sort of the, the driving force of woke uh, BS. Uh, he's written a book, Parents of the World Unite, uh, as a leader uh, in the forefront and the fight to save our schools from the left's radical agenda. Um, and he also is the executive director of Fight for Schools. So Ian, tell us what the hell is going on? How did it come so quickly?
2: You know, I don't think it necessarily came quickly, right? I think this is something that's been going on for years, Mm -hmm. right? You can go back to the the Carter administration, centralizing power under the Department of Education, Mm -hmm. but people didn't really catch on until they were forced to look at it, right? And when were they forced to look at it? Starting in March of 2020, when COVID happens, people are at home with their computers, they're sitting next to their kids with their Chromebooks and looking at what's going on. And at that point in time, it was really a lot of the, the race, critical race theory mm-hmm. issues, right? Where it's, oh, you're an oppressor or you're oppressed. And I think parents are like, well, what's going on here? And then schools stayed closed in, in a lot of places. Parents wanted schools open. The politicians like, no, 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 we're gonna keep schools closed here. Even though, you know, in other parts of the country they were able to safely reopen. And so you had these two sort of unifying mo- movements that came together, throw in, you know, an election in 2021 in yeah. Virginia where you know, have spotlight is on Virginia and really in Northern Virginia, things just exploded and, and we've really peeled back the curtain on what was
0: going on in our schools. You know, I, guess, I guess it's no different than sort of everything else that we've sort of discovered, right? Like I've been you know, talking about the Ukraine war and of course we've been waging a war in Ukraine unbeknownst to the right. American public. Like This is the stuff that they wanted to do and it sort of took, like all the other issues, it's almost like it took Donald Trump and like Trump derangement syndrome <laughs> to actually say the quiet parts out loud. So I imagine the school issue like everything else that we're discovering about our country that we didn't believe could ever happen in our country was probably going on for quite some time. It just took that cataclysmic event to actually have it all come out.
2: Yeah, it did. And you talk about Trump derangement syndrome. Well, you know, once Biden gets elected, the, the, the far left activists need a new derangement syndrome, right? And they just start looking at their neighbors and saying, well, this person you know, isn't in favor of you know, biological boys using bathrooms, so we're gonna obsess over this person because they're effective or they speak at school board meetings and they just demonize everybody. Yeah. Like the left will, it doesn't matter if you're president of the United States, if you're a congressman or you're you know, somebody down the street, right? they're going to try and demonize you if you do not believe what they believe, raise your kids the way they want you to, um, say the things that they want you to, and you know, that's really what exploded, I think, in Virginia, but now we're seeing it all across the country.
0: And I guess that's sort of, I mean, the good and the bad of every situation, right? The, the shutting down schools, theoretically, for our children's education was a total disaster, right? I mean, it was like, you know, not that they were doing good at math or reading or basic stuff that you'd learn in schools anyway, because they're being indoctrinated. But it actually, the good of it was that by the left continuing to do the lockdowns and listening to the you know, teachers unions and just running with their narrative, it actually gave us time and parents time to actually figure this out. So what they thought they were doing themselves a big favor probably was, you know, a a kill shot to the insanity of their agenda and actually, you know, bringing that to the light of the people.
2: Yeah. And we saw that really in Loudoun County where when schools were closed, you have this group of parents that were really pushing to reopen schools and they organized. I mean, they really were sort of the prototype of what we really developed Mm -hmm. in 2021. And so by the time we get into, you know, local cancel culture issues, Critical race theory, you know, sexual assault cover-ups. We already had the, the the germ of a of an organization in place, and it was really easy to kind of bring everybody together. And you know, we ended up getting we were trying to remove school board meetings, which required getting signatures. We got like twenty five thousand signatures over yeah. the course of six months, and I think changed the course of, of history in Virginia as a result.
0: Well, and I've said that. I mean, for people, you know, a big ten of the show, you know, How do we fight back? How do we get involved? And the thing I've said for months now. And probably, you know, years, but certainly months since we started this show, is like, get on your school board. Like, you don't have to run for Senate, you don't have to run for Congress. You know but like, if you have kids, get on your school board. Because it was always fascinating to watch how many of these school board people like don't even have children. Right. Like they, they have no interest in having children, but they do want to control your children. And they wanna have the ultimate say, uh, and that continues to happen as they carve out parents and their rights and people who showed up to those meetings were labeled by our DOJ and FBI as domestic terrorists. I mean, it's insanity.
2: Well, and you have you really right now you have kind of three people that run for school boards, right? You've yeah. got your Died in the wool activists like they want to go in there and change policy. Uh, They want to make sure that you know kids kids go to school and tell their advisor that they want to be a a girl now, and parents don't know. You've got the then you got the political climbers right on the left. They're this is this is my way to the next position. I'm going to go to the you know state senate or house of delegates and and make a political career out of it. Then you have people that are going there to do the right thing. The problem with that third group. Is that they're not necessarily, you know, tough enough to deal with those other Correct. two that beat them down to the point where they become ineffective. So you need that third group, but you need people that are saying, "I'm going to go there and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to break some things."
0: Yeah, I, I mean, because you know, there's a social consequence to taking on these things. Even though, I mean, I feel like at any other point in history, three years ago, like we 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 think we're being punked right now. Uh, we'll talk about the Washington State right, bill, right. you know, in, in a second. But like every day, there's something else that is like. No way. Like, it can't can't be real, and yet it is. You know, I know actually one of the sponsors of this show, Patriot Mobile, you know, they funded a a school board race down outside of Dallas and, like, won and took control of this leftist insane board and put people in there who just believed and shared the values of the rest of the constituency of that neighborhood, and I mean— know, I think it was CNBC and like the big news agencies like went after, they're promoting racism and misogyny, you know, whatever the ists, you know, you're you're always something, it doesn't have to do anything with the topic, but like it was a punishable offense to actually elect people to a school board that share the value of the parents of that school district and... (laughs) <laughs> you know, they, they went after even the corporate sponsors who helped make that happen. That's, you know, again, they're a sponsor of the show, so they have some guts and they're willing to be in that fight. But that's how bad it's gotten. So for the average guy who can't withstand that, it it's not easy, but we need fighters in there more than anywhere.
2: Yeah, and, and you see from the left that they don't want to debate ideas, right? You, you yeah. talk about the isms. They're going to label you. They're going to attack you personally. They're not. The First Amendment is not sacred to them, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they do not want to have the, the marketplace of ideas where, all right, you've got a policy. We don't agree with that policy. Let's debate it. Let's have a fair debate. Instead, they'll gaslight you. They'll say, well, we're not teaching critical race theory. Like, well, no one ever says you're teaching it like a class. Yeah. But it's
0: in everything that you do. It's in your policies and how you teach. Well, and that's what, there's like a subversive curriculum, right? Uh, I saw this with my kids in New York. One of my kids, you know, you know, at a school, you know, very high end, very expensive private school in New York. One of these things that, you know, the New York parents would, you know, kill to get their kids into those schools. And uh, she was younger, but we had some friends, uh, you know, through politics, one of you know, few conservatives in New York. Uh, and the mom was talking to the kids one day and finds out they had like a one hour trans curriculum. And this is like... This is like 15, 16, right? Like this is prior to even that. So it's been going on longer than we believe, but there is an entire trans curriculum for like an hour a day at this school, and it was the only class that had no homework, right? They they weren't gonna let the kids take it home. So the mother, sort of an actually tough, sort of badass woman, she goes around and speaks to all the other parents, and they're outraged, and they're all upset. She goes in to speak to the school, speaks to the headmaster, Oh well, we're we're sorry that you're you know racist, and you wouldn't. And you're the only person that's complained, and that all the other parents you know that are aware of it are are hundred percent for that. You're trying to beat this woman mm-hmm. down, and she goes, "Well, that's bullshit." Because I've spoken to all the other parents, and they all agree. And you're lying to my face right now, and like so, pulled the kids from the school and like that. But like, it wasn't just like okay, we got caught. It was that we're going to make you feel bad about getting caught, even though we lied to you. Even though we're manipulating the truth, even though we're sort of throwing the blame on other people, trying—they're trying to create that consequence, and that's scary stuff.
2: Well, the gaslight—I mean, it, you know—as a couple of weeks ago, Hakeem Jeffries was on the House floor, and he said. Well, they, these book banners, you know, they, wanna, they don't want to teach our kids about the Holocaust. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go into our local school district and do a little book research. And there was, you know, one book about trans kids had like 17 copies. Another one had 31 copies. Another one had uh, 39 copies. You know how many copies of Rise and Fall of the Third Reich, which if you want to understand how the Holocaust happened, yeah. you've you got to read that book, right? Zero copies. They only had three copies of Roots. Now, a couple of people pushed back and they said, well, those are long books. I'm like, well, you can get Stephen King's It. You can get the stand. Yeah. You can get all these fiction books in those libraries, but you don't actually. You're going out there saying parents don't want to teach about the Holocaust, but you don't have seminal works in there about that. No, they want to teach
0: this like trans ideology. That's just the bottom line. Yeah, I mean, it's it, but that's the world we live in right now. I mean, it, it's no different on social, right? Right. Uh, guys like you, guys like me. You know, if I put something, I just see it. It's like they're like, oh, right. you're a conspiracy theorist. Like five right. years ago, when I was like, they're shadow banning me. They're I was like. They're like, how do you know? How can you prove it? I was like, well, yesterday I was averaging like 10,000 retweets a tweet. Today I'm getting four. They're like, well, 4,000? I go, no, 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 four. Like (laughs) like, like single digits, four. Like something changed, right? It didn't, and you know, and they do that. Social, Google search. You know, they're manipulating what you see and so I don't actually think it represents the real will of the people, though if you're, you keep yourself in those bubbles of social or you know, Washington, D.C., you'd think that this is all the rage with you know, everyone who's independent or Democrat across the country. And I think we've lost the, the, the idea that you know, there could still be like moderate Democrat voters out there, but there are no more moderate Democrat politicians, as evidenced by what we saw happening in Washington state this week
2: yeah no i think that's right and i mean i think one of the lessons in virginia was you had moderate democrat voters go out and vote for a republican for the first time i mean i can't tell you how many times we were out at the polls you know getting signatures for our, our petitions you had people come out you know i never voted for a republican before but yeah. but i am this time i mean we even had people say well i voted for mcauliffe well i'll still sign your petition we're like eh, all right well you do what you got to do but yeah. you know there are people out there that, that look at these things and, you know, they don't
0: like the idea of biological males in, in girls' sports. They who don't could, like it. Who could, Listen, I have five kids. I know I know how that happens now, so I got a different hobby. Right. But, like, you know, it's a lot of work, man. One of my daughters is a really good athlete, and, like, the amount of time and energy it takes to nurture that and to bring them to every practice and every game and travel and this. And, that. you know, the, the average mother that's doing that across the country every weekend for their kid to give them a chance and then, like, someone's just like, I'm a girl, you know, sort of a journeyman male athlete, like, I'm not gonna get a scholarship, but if I'm trans, you're the ultimate form of privilege in America today. Totally. And so you could become, you could be a journeyman, very average, less than average, male athlete, become a female, dominate that sport, be treated like you're the ultimate female athlete, and you have the added benefit of being trans on top of that. It's it's mind blowing. And I wanna know, like, where are the feminists? Like, where are the people that fought for Title IX? Because this seems to be like, you know, that they can go along with this blindly. They're either so weak, uh, stupid, or they're just so worried about the social consequence of coming out against this thing, uh, even though they had no problem being vocal for the last 30 years.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. I think that the the pushback on this issue is unlike anything else that, that the average person is Willing to do, right? I mean, they may think this, but they don't want to get canceled, right? I mean, they're not necessarily in the you know the industry where all right, they go out and they are on Twitter, they go on the news, they're they're you know like us, right? Um, They don't want to lose their business because you know next thing you know their their you know business is being flooded on Yelp with transphobe, 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 right? And they say they talk about oh we need to protect trans rights. No, no, no. What you're asking for is to protect trans super rights because there's
0: no pretense of like they want to be equal, right? Because they are like I, I can't name a right that I have that a trans person, certainly an adult, because again, once you get into children's issues, like who's more impressionable than a young child, and that they're trying to carve parents out of that process is a whole nother story. But like I can't name a right that I have that they don't have. But you know, if if they're trans, I mean, they put that on a cor- you know corporate America job application. It's like. Mm-hmm. You know that that like replaces being a four O student, um, or or numerous other things. It almost gets rid of like the need for accomplishment. Because it's like, well, we need a check. You know, we can do that. Oh, trans minority. It's like oh, it's like the holy grail of diversity. Now, once they hire it, if they totally underperform, you can never fire them because you'll get sued. And uh, but. Doesn't seem to affect anything.
2: Yeah, and if you think about kind of an analogy with, with the Americans Americans with Disability Act, right? You know, you, you'd make accommodations, so you'd put a ramp somewhere, or you uh-huh. get handicapped spaces, and yeah, it's a mild inconvenience for people, but like big deal, right? Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, the ramp. And we're we're take building. The we've we've, yeah, done, we've sure. done it all Remember. over.
0: The you know, and then you have the people that take advantage of that, and they go around try to find some right, flaw. Right, right. Like they don't really have a problem. They're never actually using the thing, but it, it's they're literally professional litigants. They go and try to find some way you may have violated the code for the handicap ramp to be able to sue you for you know a nuisance fee basically right and so they're doing that i imagine in this movement as well
2: yeah but this movement is even it is even more problematic because the rights or the super rights that they're getting actually impact not other people's convenience, but their rights too, right? So if a biological girl feels uncomfortable using a bathroom with a biological boy, they tell the biological girl, well, you can go use the single-use restroom, or you can go see the unified mental health team, and they'll get your mind right. I mean, that's discrimination. That is discrimination against the girl. That's sex discrimination.
0: Well, yeah, I I spoke to Riley Gaines, uh, who was the swimmer who literally tied Leah Thomas, and yet they gave, meaning exact score, to the 100th. Tied Leah Thomas, the Penn swimmer, my alma mater, I'm a little bit embarrassed, but uh, who, you know, became the trans sensation, journeyman, male swimmer, won the female national championship, literally tied Riley Gaines, and the actual woman who spent her whole life trying to dominate her sport and did, they're like, well, we're giving it to, we're, we're giving it to Leah Thomas. Like, well, it's a tie. Like, wh- why does Leah Thomas, wh- why is it arbitrarily you just decide you're just gonna give it to the dude who last season was swimming as a male? Uh, and yet, there's there's nothing, and if she says anything, she's, again, transphobic, she's, you know, I don't even understand anymore.
2: Well, and the hypocrisy, I mean, look, if you're a, if you're a male and you wanna identify as a female, you'd think, it's like, well, I'm a female now. I'm gonna go prove that I can compete in, in men's sports. Right, yeah. so go compete in men's sports and show everybody that, well, females can compete in men's sports too, okay? It, it defies reality, but, you know, the fact that, all we're looking at is males going and competing in girls sports, yeah, it right? It never it's not the goes the way other around. way, right? There's not like, it's, it's like, like, like it.
0: hey, it works both ways. You know what right. I mean? Or they'll find like one example where like some dude tripped, you know, and the, the trans person wins and it's like, oh, look, they dominated. Right. It's like, well, it, 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 it's so lopsided. And that's why I don't understand that it feels like, to me, in watching it, the people that are supporting these things, the people that are, you know, yeah, Dylan Mulvaney should have a Nike bra on and that's wonderful, like, they're all female. Why are females seemingly leading the charge to eliminate the relevance? And you know, of females, like there's not great female athletes that they could choose from. They got to choose a lunatic, and then you watch, you know, you watch the videos of dancing around like a clown. It's like every negative female stereotype that again the feminists have spent the last 50 years trying to disband. That person's exemplifying on a video, making a fool of themselves, and like that's the face of Nike, and Tampax. Like, <laughs> well, that's why I think you're What's seeing. What's going on?
2: That's why I think you're seeing a difference between what happened with Bud Light and what happened with Tampax and Nike, right? Tampax was like, oh, it's a story, and you know, whatever it gets pushed around in conservative circles. But in Bud Light, now we're talking about a product that you know mostly men buy. They're the ones like whoa, wait a minute, right? And you don't
0: have in these. these I never thought about it from a a gender perspective. I I was thinking sort of right and left, you know, blue collar versus not. But maybe, maybe that's what it. Yeah, it's it's
2: strange as as I watch this this play out. I think that the reason the juxtaposition of Dylan Mulvaney and a product that is so associated with males. Mm-hmm. We put those two things together, now you have a Tinder box where well, you don't have that. When you know Dylan Mulvaney's out there with the extra bo- you know boxes of tampons, right? It yeah, doesn't but, become but, the but,
0: like, thing. <laughs> Listen, I'll get crap for saying this because these these are you know brutal, but like there's literally zero reason for Dylan Mulvaney to have zero t- tampons. Like I zero. <laughs> like, I mean the fact it's that we're a having this gun. I'm looking around but like, dude, please tell me like just. Tell me that I'm just the star (laughs) of the Truman Show. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like, they've been filming me for years and everyone is just an actor in my life and I'm just unaware because it feels like it has to be that way. So I I get what you're saying, you're not wrong. And yet, like, just from a standpoint of sanity and, and rational, whether it's, you know, sports bras for someone without breasts or tampons for someone who, doesn't menstruate. I, I I don't understand. Well, it, 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 I agree. and maybe we don't have to. Maybe they just don't care because they have so much power that it, it doesn't. You don't have to understand. Well, they so control at some big point. tech. They control search. They control you know the purse strings. They control pop culture. Uh, you know, I guess you know Nike's big enough because they got you know the power of like the woke NBA stars and like all these people that maybe they don't go after them the same way. And yeah, but like it, it's insane. I mean, you. you I, they did something with one of the top female sprinters who was like a 10-time gold medalist type of thing, and it was like, wow, well, she got pregnant. Like, let's get her oh, off yeah, the yeah. books. Like, so anyway, she's one of the great athletes of all time, and now she's sort of off the books. Uh, I think she went and started her own brand, which is probably a great idea. But, like, you're going to give it to Bill Moffat. You need to replace that. There's not... Thousands of incredible female athletes out there. Well,
2: and you, what was it? The, the U.S. women's soccer player Megan R- Rapone. Or yeah, Rapinoe or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So she she comes out in favor of, of males and girls sports. It's like, all right, so you climb up the ladder and you you become the best at your at your spot in in female sports, and then you pull ladder for everybody else coming that's forward what
0: it, it feels like the, you know, some of the argument about against sort of the billionaire oligarch class which is like hey they're they're really pro-america until they get power and then it's like well i can save an extra half a cent on my widget from china by doing it this way so we're no longer mm-hmm. in america first i mean it, that's exactly the megan rapinoe argument right that she did that she got the best she has the sponsorship deals now screw everyone else i can just go full woke and i get the credit for that and I, they're they're capitalizing on it yeah.
2: ultimately and you know, I, I mentioned South Park earlier because I, I do think that you, you have watching them is five years in the future, right? You're like, yeah. all right, what, what are we looking at five years in the future? Now it's going on. There was an episode I don't know 15 years ago where I, I don't know Stan or, or Kyle's dad. You know, he wants to get he wants to become a dolphin, so he wears a dolphin shirt. <laughs> he's 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 mad at the doctor. The doctor gave Mr. Garrison a sex change operation. The kid then wanted Negroplasty, I guess, and the dad goes in. And he's got a dolphin shirt on. He's like. The dad's yelling, and he's like, "I, want a I can, hole. I can make right. you a dolphin." He's like, "Oh!" And then he becomes a dolphin, right? And you're like, "Oh, that's crazy! That's crazy. Like, eh, no, you yeah, know, now you can be, you know, identify
0: as animals." And- yeah, no, I mean, South Park doesn't miss. They, they did that. They, I mean, the one since we're talking about sort of transgender athletes, right? I mean, when they had like the <laughs> yeah. macho man Randy yeah. Savage Heather, come in and do their, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's true. There's no, you know, they you can just decide. And it, like, the reality is when people start, you can talk about, you know, this was clearly. And it was labeled as such by our own medical institutions, who are pretty damn woke, and they changed it a couple years ago. But this was always designated as sort of mental illness. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now it's, I oh, can't, can't possibly do that. It right now. Just, you know, now it's, just, it's civil rights. But how soon till everyone starts gaming that system? I Meaning, yeah, yeah, hey, I'd like to go to Harvard, or I want to get a scholarship. It's like, well, you, you ain't going to do it as a male. So, trans. It's like the easy button. It's like the new easy button of the radical left.
2: Well, I mean, you know, part of the, part of a the theory is, I mean, is Dylan Mulvaney just gaming the system?
0: It would be great for a way, conservative I would love to do that. If, if Dylan Mulvaney came out and be like, I was just fucking with you yeah. guys. <laughs> like, this is bullshit. Like, I mean, it's rather extreme. I don't know that I'd go that far, but, you know, in the world of, like, TikTok and YouTube and stuff like that, I mean, people will go through, you know, it's like jackass on steroids times about a billion. Yeah. Right? Like, if, if that happened, I'd be like, okay, that was... It's Borat, that, that, that it's almost, Borat. Exactly, it, it'd be so I don't think that's gonna happen unfortunately, but if it did, that would be amazing because I think that could be like a, a kill shot to the insanity yep. uh, of what's going on. Like not only was it always a joke, we got you all to go in. The guy made millions of dollars uh, representing brands that would, wouldn't even think about giving an actual woman with no athletic accomplishment or you know the, the same roles. And it'd be, it'd be, it'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I'd love, I'd love for someone to go out there with that that plan in mind and,
2: and saying, gonna Why start doing it."
0: Though I think, I mean, I'm, I would be convinced, especially in like the high school to college, where it's like, well, you don't actually have to do the surgery, you don't, like, you don't actually right. have to take hormones, you don't, like. So you're saying, like, I can basically move myself up in sort of the selection process by levels, entire levels, just by being like trans, like I, I identify as this, like. Everyone's going to be gaming the system. It's going to turn the whole thing into a joke. Well, I mean, uh,
2: before all this started, before I got involved in all this, this school stuff, I didn't know that, okay, so if you're a boy and you identify as a girl, but you still actually are attracted to girls and you haven't had the surgery. like Most people, I think, that aren't paying attention to this don't realize that. This is not, okay, this person had surgery and they're f- everything that I, you know is about a girl, they're that. No, no it's, it's, I just identify as, a- maybe some days I don't. You know that that would be gender fluid. Some days I'm a boy. Some days I'm a girl. Like, you could do that. I mean, anybody could say, "Oh, look, I'm gender fluid. Some days, you know, yeah. on Sundays I'm a I'm a girl, but the rest of the time I'm a guy." Yeah, I guess so, there's a you know. whole different
0: level of commitment if you're yeah. doing uh, if if you're doing surgeries and the, a little little harder. Right, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I condone it either. No. Way, but it, like, when you're right, when it's like the I'm whatever I feel like this morning, and you must accept that. You must call me by my pronouns, and you know. I, Again, I'm maybe a libertarian on the issue, but like I don't care what you do like when you're an adult and you like if you want it, but like don't jam that shit down my throat. Right. I don't want it, like I'm not violating your civil rights by not acknowledging your ever changing and always sort of moving goalposts, you know, further towards the, you know, the abyss in terms of just reasonableness. And yet that seems to be what they expect. I mean, it's a, it's a slippery slope. I mean, you know, if, if
2: we're saying that somebody is uh, a frequent heroin user and they want to identify as that, and that's, that's what they are, so, so leave me alone. And you're like, well, I can't help you. Like, we can't help you not kill yourself. Yeah.
0: You know, these are the things that you know, where... we must accommodate yeah, every, every aspect of your deranged you know, quest for death. And I guess, yeah, I, I, where does it end?
2: Huh, where does it end? I mean, I—that's <laughs> a great question. But I think we're seeing some of the some of the possibilities right now. I mean, when states like Washington, right, start yeah. start putting in bills saying we're going to take your kid away from you if you don't transition your child if they want to, you're going to get people that you know they may not have thought about this issue before. They may be on the left on a lot of things, saying, "Well, wait, wait. When when it comes to my house, when these policies come to my home, yeah. now I'm going to start paying attention." And they're going to start awakening more and more and more people the further they push this. Yeah.
0: Well. Okay. So this is like Washington State bill, was like SB like nine nine five five or five five nine nine or whatever it was. I I, I know. I, I think I spoke about it on you know Monday in my intro to Stephen Miller, and uh, it it literally says that. I mean, Washington State passed a bill allowing the state to take children away from their parents if they don't just go along with the child's Transitioning now. I don't know anyone more impressionable than a young child. Uh, you know, I think we could look at the history of American advertising, whether it's cigarettes or otherwise, and see you know how they hooked kids on stuff and how easy that was to do. But Washington State and 100% of the Democrats supported it. Zero of the Republicans. Just so we understand where the parties are. Like no one, even in Washington State, and even in, for some of those Republicans who are going to be in more moderate districts, we're like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. This kid couldn't buy a pack of cigarettes legally, couldn't vote, but the state is gonna remove them and give them sanctuary from the parents who are just like, I'm just not gonna sign off on that. Like, it's crazy. Like, if I don't want my kid to go to a field trip, I don't sign off at that state's gonna start saying, hey, well, no, 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 they're going to a special one. We're gonna make sure we're it's, I've never seen anything like it. It's actually happening and 100% of one of the major parties of this country is going along with it blindly. Well,
2: they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, right? So what they'll say is, well, if you don't do this, uh, th- these kids are at risk for suicide. Uh, this, is, this is effectively medical treatment that you're denying your, your children. Okay, so they say that on one hand. And then on the other hand, with the schools, they say, well, you can't tell the parents if, um, if the kid comes and says, you know, I want to transition. So you're denying information to the parents about your child's medical condition, their Correct. mental health condition. Right, you got to get a, you got to get a permission slip to give them Tylenol. But if you're going to start them down this road to you know ultimately puberty blockers, testosterone, surgery, you don't have to tell them for that. But make sure you
0: get that permission slip for Tylenol. It's insane. I, I didn't realize sort of the, the have your cake and eat it too argument, and that's that that really is right. So I mean, what what other states are doing this or attempting it? Who are the most egregious offenders? And what what have you seen? I mean, you're, you're obviously researching the stuff. You're in that. I mean, you know. It's your white whale, right. right? I mean, you're obviously doing a lot of other stuff, but it's such a big one, and I can't think of a more noble cause. Uh, what, what are the other states that are doing well, this? What are the other guys that have tried it? Who has accomplished it? Well, you've I imagine seen this will actually pass. The Washington, I guess it went through the House, and it was you know 100% Democrat vote. I mean, to me, it's it's sanctioned kidnapping. Yeah, It's In- state sanctioned kidnapping, and like I think the only thing you can do is actually get out of those states because they, they're gonna. I mean there will soon be i'm sure criminal consequences to parents not doing this i imagine that's the next step uh i mean if taking your kids away isn't enough what other decisions can kids make of this gravity that permanently affect them that you could effectively carve out the parents or make sure that they don't have any say or just take them totally does it exist
2: california recently passed a bill that, that makes it essentially a sanctuary state for for these surgeries and these treatments so that kids can go there Parents don't have to be informed. It's, it's, it's a magnet, right? It's an attractive nuisance for kids to go to California. In Virginia, we had um, a legislator by the name of Elizabeth Guzman, who's now looking to move up to the Senate. In 2020, she introduced a bill that would criminalize parents. So if you didn't you know, give your child these kind of you know, medical treatments, then you could be prosecuted. Now, it didn't go anywhere, but that's where they're gonna go next. And quite frankly, a lot of the schools that say, you know, we're not gonna tell parents they really, I mean, in theory, they could be calling Child Protective Services right now because their whole motivation is, well, we need to protect the children from the parents that won't give their kids this important medical care, which, yeah, you know- Yeah, so they're saying
0: it's a essentially abuse-denying. Exactly. And that's going on right now. That, I mean, no one's calling CPS,
2: but in theory they could with these policies because that's the rationale behind these policies is that it's abuse not to allow your child to you know, make lifetime decisions at the age of 10.
0: So, you know, I, I, and I'm with him on this one, I, 100%. Elon Musk basically said, you know, you got to throw these people in jail who are pushing for this stuff and who w- would allow it to happen. And I guess that's the reality. Is there any consequence? Meaning, you know, you, you push a five-year-old or a seven-year-old or a 10-year-old into, you know, gender-affirming you know, care, whatever the hell they call it. You know, they, they always have to, they're very good at marketing to make it sound like it's, you know, nice and wonderful, but they're pushing, you know, minors into sex change operations. Is there any consequence to those doctors if that kid wakes up at 18 and is like, what the hell did you do to me? I mean, you see some of the videos and, you know, I, I saw a couple over the weekend just watching this stuff. It's, you know, the recidivism rate is like 93%, like people who do it and regret it later. I mean, that's crazy. But you see some of the videos of these people and they're like, you know, 34 year old, you know, adult mm-hmm. male with no facial hair, no nothing. Cause they were put into the, and they're just like, I, I'll never have kids. I regretted it, but I listened to my, you know, rainbow-haired teacher freak show. And like, is there any accountability to the people that were in that sort of chain of power or command uh, that that these kids could eventually go back and sue? You know, I, I, if I if it was me, I'd be going after their medical licenses. Like, hey, man, you took advantage of a minor. You got them to do this. You carved out the parents of the process. Now, five, six, seven, ten years later, they they realize you basically involuntarily sterilized them. They weren't of an age where they could actually consent to it legally anyway. Are, is there ever a way that we could push for those ramifications to, to make it like where every doctor's not like, hey, you know, right. it's like, you know, the COVID shot, you're finding out, like, oh yeah, we got an extra 50 bucks a person for just jamming it in there, you know. They're making money on it, it's a racket. Is there a consequence?
2: Well, well, two points on that. One, you talk about people that regret it. We don't even know the extent of what that's going to look like because this is sort of a new thing, right? There's not oh, yeah. 20, 30, you 40 see some years people, of people, But it's,
0: it's, the, it's the forward end right. of the bell curve. you know. It, like, this is a real thing happening all over the place right now. I mean, I, I you know, I speak to kids and my kids' friends and their friends from other schools. I mean, you know, the furries thing is real. Mm. And we're going to go and accommodate someone who thinks they're a Fucking animal right now in in a classroom, and we got to put a litter box in there to make sure. Rather than like, no, 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 let's let's accommodate the the vast majority, not not make everyone else accommodate the sort of whims of someone else who, again, a couple of years ago would have been diagnosed as, you know, insane.
2: Well, I think on the on the consequences issue, I mean, you're gonna have states that are gonna vote to make this illegal before 18, right? And there will be consequences there. And then of course the left is gonna, you know, uh, to come have to, to, uh, protests and death Civil ends rights. and all that stuff. Uh, but in other states, you know, you're not gonna be able to do that, right? In California, Washington, Oregon, wherever. Uh, but you are seeing some lawsuits now, like Chloe Cole has brought a lawsuit against the medical providers for, you know, she's a detransitioner. You're gonna to start to see that, and hopefully, I mean, again, it depends on the judiciary, you're gonna get some some woke judge that, you know, denies it, but that's why getting ju- good judges that adhere to the rule of law is so important because this is probably, I mean, if I'm a plaintiff's lawyer in 10, 20 years, oh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're looking at class action lawsuits, I mean, these people are going to find themselves, you know, unfortunately it's not going to necessarily happen all at once right now, but I think down the road, this is going to be major litigation. This is going to be like tobacco litigation type stuff.
0: You know, and I I hope, I hope so. I mean, I think they should be in jail, but if, if that's not going to happen, there should at least be, you know, they should lose their medical license. There should be financial consequences. They should be paid, you know, their insurance premiums should go through the roof because I mean, I, I think, I don't know how to consider it like not malpractice at this point. Um, but you know, talk about, you know, in sort of getting into the legal work, talk about the details of what's written into these policies and how sort of subversive it is. Because, I mean, there's so much sort of sneaky stuff. And again, when you have the full weight of media and big tech sort of boosting you and, you know, the height, the bad and sort of, you know, push the the fake good uh, out there, you know, talk about some of those things and how those policies are written, just so people understand just how sort of, seated these things are in there.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, really the best example is is what happened in Loudoun County. I mean that is, you know, really how everything went down. So you had a, a sexual assault in a bathroom in May of 2021. It's a gender fluid boy in a girl's room. At the time, they were starting to debate this policy, right? This policy 80-40, which means you gotta tell you got to call the kids by their preferred pronouns if you're a teacher or a student. Um, You get to use whichever bathroom of the the sex that you identify with. And then um, the other one, which wasn't in the policy itself or regulation, parents don't get to know. Well, what happens, the policy comes up for debate. Uh, One teacher goes and speaks up against the the pronoun piece. Uh, He gets suspended for speaking at a school board meeting. Now, he goes to court. He wins the case. He wins on appeal. But it shows, wow, they're really really trying to get this policy passed. Then what happened? Then you have a superintendent, when they're talking about this policy at a school board meeting, uh, have there been sexual assaults in our bathrooms? I'm not aware of any records of sexual assaults. Well, that was a lie. That was a lie done so that they could pass this policy. So they lied about this, this sexual assault. They didn't do a Title IX investigation. They moved the kid quietly to another school, where guess what, he sexually assaulted someone else. I'm
0: shocked. Then the story I'm, comes I'm out. It seems like such a reasonable right.
2: and people, you know, people on the, on the left would say, wow, they're lying. He was, it, this didn't happen because of the policy. Like, No, it's actually much worse. They covered up a sexual assault to pass a policy on transgender super rights. Like, that is what they will do, and they're going to gaslight and gaslight, and a lot of the things with don't tell parents, they don't actually put that into the policy. What they do, the schools, they'll put that into the regulation, right? So it doesn't actually get debated, it gets put in through the administration who puts it in as a regulation. So then they
0: have full autonomy. Full autonomy. So so what can, because I think this is important, because people can we? what can parents be looking for? Uh, you know, in these things to discover this. Because again, I think if someone's willing to be the squeaky wheel, I think we can do a lot, I think you can do well. I don't think this is a 50-50, you know, partisan debate uh, with parents. It's clearly where the Democrat Party has gone, but I don't think that Democrat voters, for the most part, believe in this stuff. I I refuse to believe that. Um, And, you know, I imagine if they knew they too would be a little bit more vocal about it, but what are, what are the signs that parents can look for that this stuff's going on? How do they figure it out? How do they get involved? How do they spread that word? You know, because again, if they're hiding it that way, they're going to such great lengths to make sure that it happens, but to make sure that you don't know that it's happening, There's got to be a way to figure it out. Yeah, so
2: you really have to look and ask: Is your school partaking in the school-to-scalpel pipeline, right? And and it's very nefarious how it all works. They will start putting books. There's one book. uh, It feels good to be yourself, right? It's geared towards you know first graders to third graders. And this book, it's you know you pick it up, you're like, oh, it looks like a little storybook animation, etc. It's a good five-year-old saying. Well, I told my parents when I was three that uh, my doctor guessed wrong when I was born, and, and I'm a boy <laughs> now. Right? And they've got those in the library. So, so they're, they're conditioning the kids early for this, right? And then you get into the later grades, and what are their policies? Do, the, do They have this bathroom policy, if they've got a bathroom policy. That's number one. If they have this pronoun policy, you've got to refer to kids by their pronouns. If they have this sports policy, you get to participate in any sport you want um, based on your, you know, what, the sex Chosen you identify gendered. with. Um, and then the parental preclusion policies. If you have those books in the library that they're pushing on kids, and then you have these policies, what's gonna happen? When your kid gets to be 11, 12, 13, and they look around and they're, you know, they're getting into puberty, adolescence, you know, maybe dealing with some issues, and they say, oh, I get to be part of this cool social crew that you know, seems to really have the run of show here. I mean, we mm-hmm. get to do whatever we want. We're the preferred class right now. If your school has all of those things, well, then that school is a problem. And I mean, you ha- what do you have to do? Uh, the Two things. What, Freedom of Information Act is is invaluable. Um, get those anyone documents. Anyone can just do that. Yeah. I mean, it's and not it, that complicated. Right? Now, now, schools will, they, they have started to figure out ways to game the system, right? They'll charge you exorbitant amounts, right? So one person in our district, FOIA, um, sexual assaults and rape in emails for over like a three-month period, you'd think there wouldn't be that many. But they, charge her, they want to charge you $37,000. Right? So they will start to game the system. But PPRA, Protection of Pupil Rights Amendment, is something where you can go in, you can inspect the curriculum. Um, they have to let you do it. They can't charge you for it. It's not like FOIA. You know, these are the kind of things that you need to do. And you need to talk to other parents, right? And teachers. Everyone says, well, I, they don't like teachers. Actually, like teachers are some of the best sources that we have, right? I mean, yeah. they don't want to come out and publicly say these yeah, things they'll they'll be fired and dragged right. through the mud and called a name of the know, like for- hey off the record here this is what's going on so you know you have to you almost have to look at your schools as as places where you have to develop sources you have to develop there are people in that system that are friendly a lot of people and they don't yeah. like what they're having to do and they will help
0: you get this stuff out yeah the left goes crazy when we use the term like groomers but like when you actually look at some of what they're doing like what other conclusion is there right? They've created that outlet for a kid who's confused. I I probably don't know a teenager who hasn't been a little, you know, screwed up or going through something. I mean, you just have to be by nature of the level of hormones that are going through your body naturally, let alone once you start jacking them up with all the other, you know, bullshit they're throwing into them. But I mean, that seems to be what it is, right? I mean, you take a confused child, this is what you are. It's got to be this. This is the solution for every troubled child, it feels like that's out there. Yeah,
2: it's a a rubber stamp. And when did schools... Take that responsibility, right? So, you know, Terry McCullough famously said, Oh, I don't think parents should be telling schools what to teach. Well, yeah, look, I'm not gonna go micromanage how you teach calculus at all. I'm gonna assume you know how to do that. I want you teaching them calculus or trigonometry or 19th century (laughs) British literature, all you. But what I don't want you teaching is things that are traditionally topics that I wanna talk to my kids about, if I wanna talk to them at all, right? I mean, some of these things, how are we even having these conversations? But it's flipped so that schools spend more time talking about, you know, transgender issues or you're an oppressor, and then the academics are slipping so that parents now have to take the time at home, whether it's through tutoring, whether it's through one-on-one work, to catch them up academically because they're not getting as much of that at school anymore. It's all social and
0: cultural. So, I mean, so you wrote the book, you know, on how to fight sort of the leftism in schools. A, tell people where they can find it because I think it's important, you know, and how does how does this evolved, this issue, where you see sort of the newest thing is now the trans thing? Like a couple of years ago it was critical race theory, and that sort of faded out once people realized what it actually was. And, you know, sort of essentially state-sponsored racism only one-directionally. Um, you know, talk about that a little bit because the, the, the thing never seems to change. What's the next thing?
2: Yeah. So Parents of the World Unite. You can get it on Amazon. You get it at Barnes and Noble, Target. Books A Million, any retailer, Um, but that's actually probably the overarching theme of the book is that you you need to be flexible in, in yeah. how you're dealing with things. I mean, at first, you know, a lot of our movement was started with this this cancel culture issue, right? Where you had all these school board members and administrators and activists create this this list mm. of parents they wanted to target, and you know, we didn't take too kindly to that. So we decided, yeah. well, we're going to remove those school board members. Then it became, oh, you know, uh, critical race theory, right? The school saying we don't teach critical race theory. We don't. Well, we know you don't. Oh, here's a here's an email from your last superintendent said, yes, you actually do use critical race theory, and then you know they start to lose on that and they, they, they want or we win on that and we move on to the next thing, which is now you're attacking teachers for exercising their First Amendment rights, um, speaking out about these trans issues. We never actually talked about the trans issues, but then it became about the trans issues and now that's what they're pushing. And so it's the, the overarching issue is that schools are implementing a political agenda they' they're trying to get whether it's future voters or whatever mm-hmm. their motivation is you can't necessarily lock on to one issue and fight it you need to you need to go almost where they go and just attack hard and it, you, you know they're bureaucracies right so they're cumbersome and you know, they're not used to dealing with sort of almost like guerrilla style attacks from from yeah. parents who are out on the news, out on the radio, writing op-eds, doing FOIAs, communicating with each other, showing up at school board meetings, and they really don't have any way to fight it other than saying, You're a racist, you're a transphobe, you're a white right supremacist, you're all right. Like you know, whatever. they yeah, are gonna no, throw no, no, those it, terms it,
0: around. But at know, this point that the problem with that is that like when people get called a racist, it's like, uh, eh, it's Tuesday. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, and that's a shame because I, mm-hmm. I do believe there's actual real racism left in the world. It's just not the cause of and solution for all of life's problems. Right. It's like a incredibly tiny minority of bad people. And yet, you know, according to them, it's, it's everything. Right. I mean, literally every problem in the world could be solved by, you know, or caused by you know, white supremacy and or climate change. And it's just the two things they have.
2: Yeah, and and that's you know what we saw early on is they they changed the definitions, right? It's like racist means you believe that somebody based on the color of their skin is inferior, right? And if you're not that person, well then guess what, you're not racist, but. If you don't like the policy or you don't like a teacher training that says, if you're Christian, you're an oppressor. If you're not Christian, you're oppressed. If you are a um, light-skinned member of a minority, you're an oppressor over the dark-skinned member of the same minority. Like, and you don't like that, then, then you're racist. You're like, no, look, I just have an issue with, with how you're teaching that. Can we have that discussion? No, no, no. We're going to shut you down. We're not going to debate you. We're afraid to debate you, but we're going to say we're not going to debate you because you're a racist. Like, they've changed the definition. Yeah, we're not going to give a racist a platform. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's all they ever do, they, they will not debate.
0: So how involved is, you know, obviously a lot of these things are state issues, which is what makes it great for parents because they can actually get involved in their states and the school board stuff, like you can actually impart pretty big changes in your districts, but how how much and how involved is sort of the Democrat slash Joe Biden administration, their school board, you know, the, the education department nationally, you know, in, involved in this process? Well, I mean,
2: I think Exhibit A would be the National School Board Association memo and, and how they all cooked that up to say, oh, domestic terrorism. Let's, let's investigate parents for, you know, violence that isn't really happening, um, which is if it were, yeah. right? You know, that's, that's appalling, but that's a local issue, a local issue for your county sheriff or your police department. Yeah, not the DOJ right? But we're or, gonna,
0: the, or, or the FBI. And it wasn't really happening anyway, Right? they just, you know.
2: But we're going we're to use the domestic terrorism portion of the Patriot Act to unlock federal jurisdiction here and why did they do it well we later found out and the house you know oversight found out that it was a a help terry mccall well it didn't it hurt him um but when you're looking at the education department and the problem with the education department is when you build a center of power where do you think people are going to go to influence to the department of education and when they have to follow rules when school districts have to follow rules to unlock federal money I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, whatever you want. Yeah, we'll do it. So that's how, they, that's how they implement a lot of these changes through the Department of Education. It's all, you know, it's,
0: it's a quid pro quo. You, got, you want the money, you've got to do what we say. All right, well, I mean, you were a top spokesman at the DOJ. Uh, you've seen, you, you know how it works. What sort of, like, long-lasting damage is sort of the weaponization of those departments? I mean, the Department of Justice literally going after concerned mothers. Just being like, hey, I don't want you jamming this woke crap down our kids' throats. I mean, for that person to be labeled a domestic terrorist, but not like, you know, it was the car that drove through the Christmas parade right, in Wisconsin. Right, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Not, 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 a, not a black supremacist, because you can't say that, because if that's a minority, they can't possibly be racist. But, I mean, there has to be long-lasting damage to weaponizing these systems this way, because, like— You know, I don't know that I could have any faith in anything that they tell me being even remotely accurate at this point, and I imagine others are starting to feel the same way. Well,
2: and that's the big problem, right? Is if you don't have faith in your institutions, especially like the Department of Justice, which is supposed to be impartial, which is supposed to enforce the law, which is supposed to be blind, right? Justice is supposed to be blind, we're not seeing that. So <laughs> yeah. when you when you decrease faith They're in only institutions, to the minors, right, it's right? Yeah, yeah, it's then you you know, you start to see the the downfall of nations. And I mean, it goes throughout history, right? Where when you start to see these institutions really just favor one side. I mean, we're supposed to be a nation of laws, not a nation of men and women, right? Right now, we're not a nation of laws. We're a nation of well, who's my, you know, who's on my political side or not. We're just going to ignore yeah. what the law says and we're going to pick and choose what we do politically because we want to help, you know, Terry McAuliffe win the governorship, or, you know, help Joe Biden. Like, that has consequences long-term, which could be, you know, an existential threat to the foundation
0: of our country. Yeah, I mean, we saw that with the, you know, 51 uh, people who signed off on the Hunter Biden, right. you know, Russian disinformation laptop. It's like, oh, we didn't have any. You know, I mean, there, there a couple, of, I've heard like, a couple of people that were saying, wow, well, we didn't have anything, but like, we just wanted to help Joe Biden win. It's like. Wait, like why do they still have like classified credentials like why do they still have that kind of access I mean they're literally lying to the American people for you know political purposes and yet that seems to be happening day in and day out
2: yeah and you look at the media and you know you go back 50 60 years the same media that's you know breaking the Pentagon papers that's exposing government abuse right which
0: there has been for a while now it's like no 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 we're good we're good well, yeah, yeah you can't talk like you know, we we may be waging a war with the world's largest nuclear superpower in, in in the Ukraine, and we have troops on the ground there. That's discovered and it's like the the real issue is that it leaked. Not that we're doing right. it. You know what I mean? It's like where like what happened to these institutions? I mean I like you can say what you want about you know Jack Teixeira, but like I, I remember when Alexander Vindemann was a hero uh, for leaking that and the difference is like Jack Teixeira may have Uh, And again, I'm not for leaking documents that could put our troops in danger or, like, you know, critical personnel if we have undercover operatives in there. But, like, I'm also not in favor of, like, lying to the American public funding an unsanctioned war. Like, he could have diverted World War III as opposed to, like, Alexander Vindeman, who seemed like was almost doing the opposite and pushing us towards it.
2: Well I mean the media used to be what like the fourth estate right where it was a, a, che- an, a extra check and balance on the other three branches or on the yes. three branches of government right now it's no, no, no. we're, we're an agent. We're the, an agent yeah. for for depending on who's in there, we're going to be an agent for you to really push out what or, or to report things the way that, that are helpful to you. I mean, that is not traditionally how our media has operated, I, you know. And look, there's a lot that goes into that, right? Social yeah. media, 24-hour you know news networks, um, the internet. It, things have changed. Oh yeah, no, it's very different. But it's it just it's so concerning that you cannot have a media that just is there to hold the government accountable.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I mean, I see that. Even even the even the sources I like, it's like, you, you sort of, you read the headline and it's like, oh man, that's terrible. You clickbait and then you read the article and be like, oh, like, right. like oh, that was nothing. Like, it, it, it's amazing how that happens. And so, I mean, I think it also probably negative, on both sides, you know, sort of creating the perpetual outrage cycle, which seemingly prevents people from functioning rationally at this point. Right, I mean, you know, where, <laughs> You
2: can you can look back. I'm really post World War II, right? I mean, that's even before that. The rise of the administrative state has has created sort of perverse incentives now for the media to where are they going to get their information from, right? Well, they don't want to they don't want to burn their sources, especially if their sources are you know we know that they lean left, and if it's an administration that they you know that they favor now. They're going to they're gonna report in a friendly way, and we're losing a lot of, I think, the good reporting that we had 50, 60 years ago mm-hmm. that that allowed us to, to really know what was going on in somewhat of an unbiased way. And now it's, I don't know, you
0: are you going to get? <laughs> because orange know. man bad. And, right. it, you know, it, well, the, the real problem now is, like, you know, talking about burning the sources, like, the sources are literally just, like, paid lobbyists of, like, the military industrial complex. Like, it's not a real source. Like, it's a real person, perhaps right. with real power, but they're just, like, Okay, this is what we're looking to do, and so here's the leak. And and I mean I I've seen that, my eyes have been open to it just because of what we went through for the last six years. You know, I mean I was working for Russian government and I, you know, I did fifty hours of testimony for treason in front of Congress and like it's like, wait, what? Like, how is well, there didn't have to be any truth. They they just hope that if they get you in there for fifty hours of testimony, you know, if you, you put a comma in the wrong spot. Up, oh, we got you for perjury. Not that you actually did anything wrong, but if we ask you just inane in questions for hours on end, maybe you make a mistake, and we say, "Oh, now you lied to the government, and you're in trouble."
2: Yeah, and I mean, we saw it with the, with the DOJ memo on, on parents, right? I mean, one of the, one of the key uh, citations in the NSBA memo was, oh, this angry dad that gets arrested at a Loudoun County School Board meeting, right? And he was, you know, the face of yeah. domestic terrorism. It's like, oh, well, it turned out, you know, his daughter was sexually assaulted in a bathroom.
0: Yeah, I, I'd, be, I'd be pissed too. You and know, I'd be I really mean, pissed when they're covering it up. Uh, and if you're a parent and you're not, you're subhuman. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no other way to do it, you know, like, you, I sort of, like, they did that to, like, uh, when they were messing with Kavanaugh, right? It's like, he's defending himself from being called a gang rapist, right? He's on the Circuit of Court of Appeals, he's a fixture in, you know, legal institutions for never had an issue, and then he's up for the Supreme Court and Trump appoints him, so gang rapist. and. Like, the media attack on him was like, he was really heated in his response (laughs) to someone accusing him of gang rapist. He must have done it. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Like, is anyone not gonna ever be like, heated if accused of something they clearly didn't do? And then it turns out, well, you know, the witness is lying, the other one can't remember anything, and magically it, it all sort of goes away. And again, there's no consequence or accountability. Well, and
2: you know the left goes from like zero to hundred right away, yeah. right? I mean, Every day. and I talked earlier about well, they went from Trump derangement to just any derangement, and you know you hear it now like, <laughs> well, they wanna they wanna ban books. Like, what are you talking about? Look, if you want a book for five-year-olds about how, you know, a doctor guessed their uh, sex when they were born and he was wrong, you can totally sell that on Amazon. You can put it yeah. in your county library. But, like, look, if, if we got to pay for it and it's going to be in a school, I mean, the anarchist cookbook, right? I mean, yeah. that's how bomb building and all Should that be in schools? Have we banned that book? Is that bad to ban that book? Like, yeah. where, where's the line here? Well,
0: yeah, you don't see penthouse no. in school libraries either.
2: That's bad, and I'm sure I there's guess, plenty yeah. of young
0: teenage boys that would probably be thrilled to find one of those every once in a while. I'm not saying I condone it, but like, that's the reality. And yet, that's not there. Right. But if you want to learn about you know, mutilating your body, we'll make sure you have plenty of sources. And again, like you said earlier, you know, there'll be 17 copies of that book to make sure that everyone has a chance to read it, but not actual literature. I mean, you pay, you pay taxes. You pay for
2: the school. You mm-hmm. pay for the school libraries. And the minute you have an issue with something there, you're a book banner. Right, and I keep seeing these 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 headlines from news sources like the book banner is lost. Like nobody is trying to ban. maybe some people are trying to ban books. I don't know, but like the vast majority of parents that are going to school board meetings, reading from these books, it's just to expose. Like, hey, community, do you think this is appropriate to pay for and put in your school library or your yeah. classroom library? That's
0: it. Well, this I I know I just sort of uh, somewhat related story, but I I had a friend when I when I published my first book, Triggered. You know, sort of going after some of these things. And, like, they went to their local library. It was a New York Times number one bestseller. And they went to their local library. Like, hey, I'd like to get a copy of, you know, Donald Trump Jr.'s book, Triggered. And, like, the librarian went nuts on them. We don't <laughs> have that. Like, wait, wait, are they banning books? Like, I mean, that's a clearly a leftist. I'm sure they have no problem with the trans books. But, like, I don't know. It was a New York Times number one bestseller. I don't think it could be that inflammatory. I don't. You know, they, they can call me all the names they want. But, like, that book they wouldn't even consider having in... that wasn't a school library that was just a public library but they wouldn't even have that there and yet a school library can have stuff that's clearly you know has much more of an agenda associated with it
2: yeah i mean look uh, you know they could there's a lot of different things they could do you remember blockbuster you know you go in and you get your movies and you could like well you're not supposed to go there if you're under 18 (laughs) of course you know you sneak in and you whatever but you know you can do different things right i mean there's different policy options that you can have But like the minute you bring that up, you are immediately labeled a bad guy in your community. And that's what makes it so tough. Like I've found, I've talked to a lot of people that have gone through some issues with their kids and their schools haven't told them and they're really concerned. And it's always sort of, I'd say like left a lot of left of center parents that want to be yeah you know that want to be kind and they're and, trying and, so they're, hard exactly and then they find out it happens to them and they don't know what to do and they're scared right now the people that are more conservative well they they've been talking to their kids about this for a while right and yeah. they're like hey you know they may bring this up in class if they do you know they get ahead of it yeah. and so their kids end up being. You know, more balanced on these issues, but it's the ones that that assume everything is just done for kindness and compassion that end up in the problem spots. Yeah, it feels like it
0: has nothing to do with that. I look at it, you know, in Hollywood, just being such a cesspool of some of this stuff. It's it feels like it's like the latest accessory. It's like you're not cool if you don't have a trans kid. Yeah, like well, it, it's not. It's like a status symbol at this point. It's like a you know a Bugatti. You know what I mean? It's like huh. oh yeah, that, gotta have the trans kid, and it you know I guess. Mm-hmm. You see a couple of people like it's weird. We don't like we don't have this problem in the hood, you know. You don't have this problem in you know in third world nations nope. where they're like you know in China there's probably not a big you know bloom of trans kids because they're actually focused on learning math, right? Or like, finding their next meal. Yeah, or 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 something perhaps <laughs> even more critical, right? And yet it, it happens, and it happens in these bastions of wokeness. And again, with around some of the most privileged people in the world, and I, I understand and I'll disclaim that I'm coming from this as the son of a billionaire. Like, I get it, but like I I would say that, you know, if I was applying to schools right now, or my children were applying to college right now, like same same things. I think their last name would make it very difficult for them. Whereas if they checked a the box that was trans or their friend with the exact same boards, exact same grades, exact same sports, check that box, it's like, it's not even a question.
2: In. Well, it, you know, it's interesting too, because in Europe, when I mean, we usually assume Europe is is more left to us, right? Yeah. Well, Europe's going the opposite direction now. They're, you know, their medical standards are saying, well, wait a minute, let's not just rubber stamp this, kid comes and says, they you know, they, they pre- present as gender dysphoric, we're not just going to say, all right, well, we're going to get you on a regimen of puberty blockers, yeah. and then we're going to get here. like yeah, no, no, no. First, let's you're do scheduled some to operate on Tuesday. Yeah. Like,
0: you know, you're fine.
2: And you know, meanwhile, you've got uh, Levine at HHS saying, oh, well, the Biden administration is fully supportive, and you know, we need to step up our our program here. I mean, it's it's crazy when you see America going further to the left than you know Scandinavian countries in Europe.
0: Yeah, I mean, like literally, you know, the, the socialists. You know, we talk, oh, we're a democracy. Like, are we really? You know what I mean? Like the socialists in Europe, they look at us and they look at the voting. Like, what do you mean? Like, you don't, you don't have paper ballots. You don't have same day voting. You don't, you don't need ID. They look at us like we're lunatics, and these are like basically socialist countries in in, in many respects of the word. And it, and we're like, oh, of course not. There's there's there can be no fraud. There can be no this. I mean, we're actually. And I think Trump sort of brought this out. We were probably heading that way a long time ago, but we are much further than we ever would have imagined. And it's probably been that way much longer than we ever imagined. It's just now they've gone so far, whether they're winning and they're just sort of trying to put the final blows into America as we know it or or not, I don't know. But it, it, it is crazy to see some of these places that are looked at as, you know, very left. And they're looking at us like we're lunatics. Well, yeah,
2: and, and you know, you brought up sort of what what inspires some of these people to, to go along with these things, right? And I remember a conversation I had in summer of 2020 with a really good friend of mine who's on the total other side of the political spectrum. And she said, well, you know, I, I feel like this is the, the next civil rights movement. I'm like, mm, I don't think it's going to be. Um, but that's really, I think the, well, the- Biden said that when he was running, this is the civil rights movement right, of our time. I'm like, right, I no. don't know, man. Like, ah, no. I don't know. Like- I mean, I think that's an insult to the actual civil oh, rights movement. By the way, where are those
0: people? Uh, you know, because it is. I mean, that how come those the people who led those movements, the ones that are still around or their offspring, where are they? Be like, hey guys, this ain't the same. It's, you know, it's, everything's Jim Crow, but like, yeah, is it really though like? Well, that yeah, that's I, the thing. Yeah, right. I, I don't know, Jim Crow. You know, the people that were affected by that kind of stuff. You know, they weren't getting Nike sponsorship deals. Uh, you know. It, out the wazoo for being these things. It's, it's a little different.
2: And, and everything, everything goes to that level, right? Anytime there's, it's, it's you know, when we did our, our, our cases to try and legally remove school board members pursuant to the Virginia code, this is Jim Crow 2.0. Like, what? Yeah. How is it Jim Crow, first of all, the, the school board member, she's white uh, <laughs> yeah. and um, Minor I don't understand. But you what, see
0: that, right? You saw that with Kyle Rittenhouse. He's a racist, but you shot three white dudes that came after him? I mean, and real people, you know, Bill Ackman, I don't know if you remember like when he, you know, he was a big investor in New York and he did this whole thing. He was like a super big lib, huge donor to the Democrat party. And at the time, I had Kyle on the show a couple of weeks ago, you know, at the time, like Bill Ackman came out and was like, wait a minute, like I'm watching the trial and it's like, how is it that I'm not aware? You know, I've been told he was a white supremacist, but the people he shot were white. Like I, I assumed he was shooting, you know, people of color minor details and so he went on with this long Twitter thread the New York Times called him through while he was posting this stuff like did someone hack your account he goes what do you mean like a a serious guy a billionaire investor was just like no like I objectively had no idea these things I was making decisions I'm watching with my wife and I now I'm realizing just how manipulated I've been and he goes he goes on to basically say it's interesting because I've been you know on, involved in most of the major deals in New York, and in, you know, I'm watching, you know, the Wall Street Journal and the things they say about what's happening in the deal. And I read the article and I laugh at how clueless they are, and you know, because I'm involved or I know the people involved and I know what's actually happening. He goes, but then I turn the page and I assume yeah. that they're right, as opposed to saying, you know, I should assume they're just as out of touch as they were in the stuff that I'm a subject matter expert on. Well, it, it's
2: it's funny because when. Um you know, I'm from New England, right? So so huge New England Patriots fan. Deflate gate happens. <laughs> and all my friends from New England and my parents and all the people that are there the media is so full of it. This isn't what happened. This is what the source documents said. Like they knew everything about it and they knew how it was being spun. And they're like, this is malpractice, what's going on in the media. This is horrible, right? But where you get something where they don't have that personal investment in, yeah. or they don't have that you know day-to-day yeah, knowledge, right. of it. they're like, I just assume that's, the gospel. That's, I assume that's correct. Like, no, no, you need to, you look beyond that. One, look at the source documents, right? Always, yeah. and come to your own conclusions. The media, no matter where you land on the media spectrum, they're gonna present it a certain way, and then you're gonna have to actually read the stuff and say, maybe, yeah, they may have pushed this a little too hard and not, but most people, they're just watching their their echo chamber and that's it.
0: But they'll still go, I mean, they'll still go after you. I mean, I I started a thing with a friend, MXM News. It's literally an app that aggregates everything and, like, you can just see what's going on. You can read the New York Times version and you can read the Breitbart version and, you know, again, make up your own mind. Like, PNC Bank, just, like, we're like we're not we're not doing business with you like but we're like we're not making news we're not creating fake news we're literally just aggregating everything that's out there in the ether and making sure that everyone has an equal chance of seeing it, and when my partner calls me one day he's like I think someone hacked our account like we're missing our entire operating account like it's just at zero, calls the bank and he's like oh no no we just don't want to do business with you we're sending you back your money, I'm like well do we do anything no it doesn't matter. Like so, it's not even about like the news now. It's like you can't even show both sides of the story, let alone if you're creating it. I mean, creating it's the ultimate sin, right? If you're even if you're telling the truth, that doesn't matter. You know, when was Wuhan lab leak theory not the most right. plausible? Right. Like, I, like I mean, like, like I'm like, hey, I'm no doctor, but like obviously <laughs> it came from Wuhan. Like I was, you know, the, maybe the, the the biggest chance I took uh, in recent time, and you know, sometimes you do something that pisses someone off, and that's fine. It, but, like, when Jesse Smollett came out, I go, nope, I'm calling bullshit. And I got killed for about four days until everyone else realized that, yeah, it is kind of odd. Like, a millionaire actor is walking against Subway at 2 o'clock in the morning on the coldest night of the year. And, like, what are the odds that, like, white supremacists wearing MAGA hats would live for more than three or four seconds in downtown Chicago? You know, in, in, like, of course it didn't happen. Of course that didn't happen, but it didn't matter. It was so good, I and mean, yeah. the crocodile tears. I was like, man, he may be a good actor, but he's not a good writer because it, there's no way that happened in the real world. And it, you know, but it, it was a risk to go out there because if I was wrong, and even if I say, hey, if, they, if it actually happened, and you know, they should they should be punished in the full extent of the law. But like, it didn't matter.
2: Like, well, the Wuhan, I mean, that's perfect, right? Like. I, I don't know if you ever saw the Jon Stewart clip, and look, I, yeah. sometimes Jon Stewart's good, sometimes he's horrible. On that one, it was like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I thought. Like, yeah, it's probably, leak from, it's like, no, it's the bats and yeah. it's the pangolins. And, you know, again, I got in an argument with, with a friend and, and she's like, oh, no, it, it, there's a really good story in, in Scientific American about, about the bats and the caves. I'm like, yeah, also, it could have just leaked from a lab. Because there's yeah, a coronavirus lab there. The, the
0: lab like is four feet away from where they said right. the league originated. Like I don't know, but but again, like but that's the point. They go, well, I read it in the Scientific American, so I'm superior to you. Right. Well, you know, right. I used to subscribe to the Atlantic, until I realized, like I'm like, it's just a oh, leftist, you know, shield. it's just not the same, right? It, you know, 15 years ago, it was like, wow, you could actually maybe read something and learn something. Today, you know, people have just picked sides, and I, I mean, I guess you, you see that, in, you know, obviously, a school thing so important, like what do we do about the teachers' unions? Because that to me feels like, you know, that's where it stems, they have all the power, right? We're underperforming in every aspect of education. We spend more per capita than any nation in the world. I think we're like 28th or 29th mm-hmm. uh, in the world. And yet, you know, the teachers' union, and they, I think they exposed themselves a little bit during COVID, right? Like, we don't want to work. Okay, fine. Well, we, we don't want to do remote learning either. Okay, fine. Well, we want to get paid, like like as though we're working full time. And but I said, wait, wait, wait. You you, you don't want to, but you don't actually want to work. You just want to get paid. And they're manipulating every aspect of the decision making process. A- any Democrat in power needs their money, so they're just going along blindly. And it seems to have nothing to do with science or education or anything other than the whims of the union.
2: Well, I mean, I think you have to treat it like a monopoly because it is a monopoly, right? I mean, it's a business, and they're in the business of running our nation's public schools. Mm-hmm. Now, they won't, you know, they won't say that. Oh, it's the school board that runs it, but but it's the teachers' unions, and and it used to be that. You know, your superintendent would be in these tough negotiations with teachers unions on teacher pay and then there'd be a strike. And now it's the teachers unions basically own all their local school districts. Yeah. So you have to break up that monopoly. You have to create competition. And look, I'm not I'm not saying that school choice is a panacea that's going to cure everything. But that is one big weapon in. breaking. Well, and it's why monopoly. they fight it so hard. right? Because right. I mean, I mean, they know
0: once it's there, it's not coming back. And I understand that, listen, not everyone has the option of homeschooling Mm -hmm. or, you know, going to a private school or going to a charter school or or something, you know, but like, I think anything you can do to get your kids out of that system or watch what they're doing within those systems is absolutely critical to their education because otherwise you're going to get back a drone that's just, you know, functioning as, you know, uh, whatever it is that they decide is the thing at the time and they come back out brainwashed, incapable of basic things. Uh, unprepared for life, and you know, it, I don't know what you do with that, but it, it seems like that's the start of a, a declining civilization. Well, and you listen to, you know, the
2: equity commissars, right, and, and their talking point is, no kid should be limited by his or her zip code. Like, no kidding.
0: Yeah. Right. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. no, I don't think anyone disagrees with that. Yeah.
2: So I mean, go out there and figure out a way so that you know some some single mom who, who's got her son or daughter in a, a failing school in their you know in their neighborhood has the option of saying you know what I'm going to send my school my son to a different school that's
0: better. Correct. Right? you can't do that. You can't do that. And yet, and that's the other thing. Right. It's not like they started failing magically and they get they get, they're going to fix it. They're doubling down on the failed policies. They've, they're doubling down on the failed systems, right? The same, you know, you look at the schools that are failing and they you know, I, I think I read, I mean, you, you know more about it than me, obviously, but you know, a bunch of these schools like where zero, zero kids in a graduating class were proficient at math or reading, I mean, zero. But school keeps getting funded, the teachers keep getting paid, there's always another scapegoat or excuse. <laughs> well. <laughs> In, our, in,
2: in Loudoun County, it just came out last week, so they're, they're um, cutting special education funding, okay, but they're gonna spend $11 million on a new bathroom project. They're, gonna, they, they're thinking, they're considering about getting rid of boys and girls rooms and just having one unisex bathroom. Okay, one, that's crazy for just the craziness of it, right? They're trying to erase biological sex. Two, you've got safety issues. But three, common sense, okay? Have you, for women, have you been in a men's room before? they're disgusting. Yeah. Okay, now you're putting boys and girls rooms. What, so, so is a boy now going to get punished if, you know, they leave the, they don't aim properly, right? Yeah, uh, like, listen, I, I, don't know.
0: I have three young boys and trust yeah. me, it's a problem it's in gross. my own house. And like, and I'm yelling at them all the time. I'm sure there's others that are not getting any correction on these things. And if you're at school and there's no one there to like kind of catch it, it's just yes, You know what the yeah. next
2: rule is? They're gonna be like, all boys have to sit down to pee. That's going to be their next proposal. It feels it's, like they want that. Yeah, I mean, that,
0: that's you know because the push always seems towards the you know effeminate, right? Like let's let's make sure boys aren't really boys. Testosterone is a you know is a four-letter word. It's very negative, uh, negative. And, and they're doing that daily. Uh, you know I, what was the there was a crazy one where they're eliminating programs also for the gifted, mm-hmm. meaning like the kids that are crushing it. The kids that maybe by dumb luck maybe through genetics maybe through you know anything else just we're born intelligent or good at math or something just they're eliminating the programs for the gifted students because it makes the ones who aren't gifted feel bad like I, and i don't know how that works right cuz i would think if you're if psychologically if you're an underperforming student and someone's in your classroom crushing it that's probably a lot worse psychologically than them being in their own class doing more advanced stuff and you being more with people of your peers. But that's just common sense and perhaps I'm mistaken.
2: Yeah, and well, you know, one of their rationales is, is you look at, you know, the Asian community, the Indian community. I mean, they take these tests very seriously. I mean, they'll, yeah. they'll pay extra to have, have their children, you know, go get tutor for these tests and they end up doing better. Yeah, doing better there's than a cultural the majority, component of right? Doing better than white students, doing better than black students, doing better than Hispanic students. Well, that's not fair because they're putting more resources in there. So we're going to have to level the playing field because everything is about leveling the playing field. Now look, I'm not against, you know, it's equal opportunity versus equity, right? Equal opportunity is not laissez-faire. It's yeah. not survival of the fittest. It's, we need to make sure that everybody has the equal opportunity to succeed. That doesn't mean that everybody will. Correct. But equity is we're just gonna get everybody to the same place and take from here to give to there to make sure we get to that median.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's not equality of outcome. It's equality of opportunity. Right. You get the chance to do this, but then there are, there are going to be things, through, I mean, throughout history that's happened, but now we're literally pulling opportunity from those who have the best, just natural chance of actually excelling. Like, what does that do to our society in time? Right, I mean that, that child's going to be lose opportunities. That that could be the next Elon Musk, that could be the next person discovers the cure for cancer, and and we're pulling that opportunity away from them and and bringing them down to the lowest common denominator as opposed to encouraging the highest.
2: You know, it's funny as I, I made this comparison. You know, get all the woke people in the world; they all watch the Super Bowl, right? And they're all still right. watching the Super Bowl with their friends. I mean, that is the ultimate meritocracy. Now, what if we change that and said, you know, we got the draft next week, and you can only draft the the NFL as a as a whole, you know, organization can only draft 20 players from the SEC. And you need to draft 20 players from, you know, small schools, mm-hmm. right? The product's going to suffer, and nobody would do that. And they're like, what are you talking about? We're going to Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee. Yeah. Like, we're, that's what we're drafting. That's what they're doing, right? They're saying, we we're, we're not going to allow you to um, to, to go after talented individuals, or to help talented in- individuals achieve success, because we feel bad for these these other yeah. players down here. So you got to pick them too, so we ha- level the playing field,
0: and then the product is going to suffer. Well, I mean, but it seems like Biden's doing that with the proposed sort of Title IX bans, where they're trying to literally ban uh, preventing, I guess, biological men competing in women's sports, which seems sort of totally the opposite of what Title IX was originally designed to do.
2: Yeah, and you know, there was a decision here in the 11th Circuit, I think in late December, came out, comes out the other way and is very clear. Like, look, Title IX was passed in the 70s. Sex means biological sex. Biden, you don't get to change the law with a rule or a regulation. That needs to be legislated. You know, the the idea that we're just going to erase the very protections that Title IX creates for girls' sports, for girls' spaces, I mean, it's, the world is upside down, and you know, they, the idea that you know, a male can compete in a girl's sport, especially at young ages, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you look, and they, they're very different. You know, a, a oh, 10-year-old yeah. soccer player that's a male versus a 10-year-old soccer player that's a girl, look, not only is that anti-competitive,
0: but it's also dangerous. Well, there's, I, I think it was, what was it, like the men's like, 15 and under like, soccer team, or like the Dallas, right. like yeah, they, yeah. I mean, they beat the women's World Cup team. You know, they're fighting for equal pay, they're fight, they lost to 15-year-old boys, like decisively. And it's like and but we're still gonna pretend that it's the same. I mean when I when I when I was a kid,
2: I played hockey and we had a, a female goaltender and she was great. She was really good. But as, you know, as as it got older, yeah. then then she moved over to the girls team because they started having girls teams. And because of that, she ended up being an Olympic hockey player. She wasn't going to be an Olympic hockey, hockey player for the men's team, yeah. right? Now, at what point do you, do you completely, you know, you, instead of having one Leah Thomas, you know, you got three Leah Thomases on, on the team. Yeah. Well, now all of a sudden you've got three spots that aren't going to girls. Well, so they're going to be on again.
0: JV. You saw, you know, the Connecticut, you know, sprinters, you know. Like there was some girl that did not place at States. Probably cost them scholarship. Maybe, maybe if it didn't cost them the entire scholarship, scholarship money, or, you know, in their lives, and, but, but that's equality.
2: It, well, it goes back to kind of what you were talking about earlier, which, you know, 10 years ago, you know, we're all, all trained and told, like, you know, be accepting of everybody. Yeah. Um, and, and you are, right? You're like, okay, look, if somebody feels that way and they want to live their life that way, then, then okay, great. But now what they're saying is that's not good enough. Yeah. Now they need to get those those extra rights, right? That you need to accept the fact Correct. that you don't accept it. Maybe you know for common sense or yeah. religious reasons or whatever the case may be. But you need to not only accept that, but you need to accept that you know it is going to permeate every aspect of society, yeah. and you need to subs- subsume your rights and your ideas and your thoughts on that. Because if you don't, we're going to shut you
0: down. You don't have yeah. the right to speak. You'll about be that. vilified if you don't. Conform to each of their whims, and that can change. At you know, and again, like I said, I, I've gotten criticized because I, hey, dude, if you're an adult, you do what I don't want to pay for it. I don't want you jamming it down my throat. I'm not gonna go along with your bullshit where I have to conform to everything that you say. But like, I'm, I'm big government out of my life kind of thing. You start messing with my kids, I got a fucking serious problem. You start, you know, whether it's whether it's minors and the transition story, whether it's males in women's sports. And, you know, and I guess that's the thing. We're just at the point where because they're going so much further, because they expect that sort of super equality. um, I just don't know that you can play the game anymore because it doesn't seem the slippery slope does seem like they're always trying to get more. And then once they get that, that's just the starting point for them trying to get more.
2: Well, and you look at you take that and you apply it to schools and young children. And, you know, if you're thinking, well, you know, you're 25 years old, you're 30, you do your thing, fine. You may be able to say that, well, if you want your kid to, to be like that, yeah, but here's the problem. Once you start introducing that into schools, it becomes a thing. yeah, right? If it's, hey, look, you know, if you want your your son or daughter to be, you know doing drugs at school and you're fine with that and you know, hardcore drugs, and it introduces it into the school. Yeah. and now you have to accommodate for that. And I'm not comparing, you know, drugs to, to that, but it's it's the same type of idea where it's you cannot bring your point of view, into a, a school system that is supported by the whole constituency, and then demand that the whole constituency bow to whatever it is that you think needs to be done.
0: Yeah. So, well, well, before we wrap up, I think you had an interesting nickname, apparently, <laughs> in Loudoun County. Again, the home of the radical left, right outside of DC, where a lot of this stuff is happening. But I love that you're there and willing to fight, Ian, because that's that's so important but uh what, what what's the nickname that you were dubbed the uh the nickname so you know i i i
2: dubbed them chardonnay and tifa so so they push back <laughs> with their own because look i mean people on the extremes yeah. are so serious you gotta have a sense of humor and on this one you know they show uh-huh. a sense of humor they call me don jr
0: jr i listen so it could yeah be where it, it's the beard it's the beard yeah. our hair is still holding out but we, we lost the beard fight yeah. The, the, yeah the white has taken over well guys Make sure to check out Ian uh, on social everywhere. Let him know. Get his book. Uh, subscribe to his newsletter. Check out, you know, we just got to help the people that are in this fight with us. Uh, you know, maybe there's a couple guys that are willing to be on the front lines as you are, Ian, but I think that makes it the more of them, the more support, the more you're passing that message on, uh, the easier is it makes it for other people to get involved and actually, you know fight back, because I think that's what we got to do right now.
2: Yeah. Strength in numbers. Parents of the world unite. Go out and get it. Amazon. And that's the whole point is, you know, parents have to get together and create their own power dynamic to go against, you know, a one point whatever trillion dollar education industry. Um, at E prior on Twitter is my main place. And, you know, thanks for having me. It was fun. It's my
0: pleasure. Guys, make sure to share this with other people as well so that they can see it. You know, download the Rumble app, share it that way so you can get notifications. You know, we're up against big tech. We're up against mainstream media. We're up against some pretty powerful forces. I you said, $1.3 trillion trillion industry just in, that's just the education department. I mean, think about everything else that we're up against. So, you know, make sure to share this stuff so that people get it, that they can get involved, uh, that they can perhaps be emboldened to fight back and to be unafraid. Really appreciate it. You guys are the best. So, guys, thanks so much, Ian. Uh, go check out his books. Go follow him in social. But, guys, like I said, you don't have to choose between what you believe and what you buy. So, please go check out our sponsors. Okay? Check out Blackout Coffee. You're going to be drinking coffee anyway. So, support a brand that aligns with your conservative value. American-made, family-owned, and, again, they support what you believe in. So, visit blackoutcoffee.com slash d-o-n-j-r for 20% off your first order. Try it. You're going to like it. I've been drinking it. That's blackoutcoffee.com slash Don Jr. And also go check out Gold Co by going to donjrgold.com, d-o-n-j-r-gold.com. If they're risking, (laughs) they're risking it supporting a show like this, saying the things that need to be said, go check them out and make sure you diversify, make sure you protect yourself against the insanity, the stuff that we keep seeing play out like we did in 08, where you know banks are collapsing, uh, lunatics are making decisions, go to DonJuniorGold.com. that's D-O-N-J-R gold.com, you're gonna like what you'll learn, they're gonna teach you about it, it's no pressure, but just go learn to make sure that you can be hedged and protected against the insane world that we live in today. Thanks a lot, guys. Again, make sure you like and share uh, this kind of content. Share it with your friends. God knows mainstream media and big tech, they're going to do whatever they can to make sure this sort of stuff and this kind of interview doesn't get out there. So like it down below, share it, uh, download the Rumble app so you guys can see it for yourselves uh, and you can get the notifications, etc. That's a big part of supporting the stuff that you believe in and the things we're all fighting for. Thanks a lot, guys.